from construction and raising equity, I think you just got to, you know, get your stripes and you know, it's hard to be taught this in school. There's some real estate programs out there, but you really need to get involved. And that doesn't mean you have to, you know, put on your boots and go onto a construction site, which I love to do. And it's awesome. But, uh, you know, you can learn in other ways and just being by being around the environment. And if you're really dedicated to making this business work, like you've got to figure out ways to get experience. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Five Talents Podcast. I'm your host, Abel Pacheco. I interview the top commercial real estate investors and industry experts so you can learn from their experiences. So if you're an investor, a high W-2 earner or real estate or tech sales professional that wants to invest in real estate without having to manage properties or leave your day job, then this podcast is for you. Or if you're already investing in real estate, but you're doing it part-time and you want to become a full-time multifamily or full-time commercial real estate investor, this podcast is for you too. You're going to learn a ton. You will learn from real-life multifamily investors and other professionals in the industry. They're going to share their blueprints for success. And I'm super excited that you're here. So I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, hello. My name is Abel Pacheco. Welcome to the Five Talents Podcast, where we talk about real estate, commercial real estate, multifamily, uh, a lot of other things. And uh, we're super excited that we have Mr. William Walker with us today. William, thanks for joining, brother. Abel, thank you. Honored to be here. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, man. Thank you very much. And and I appreciate you, you know, carving a little time out of your day. And, you know, I'm going to allow you to introduce yourself, but first, so our listeners, you know, really understand why they should be taking a few notes here and there along this conversation. William has a tremendous background in real estate. He's a recovering accountant and CPA, so I'm sure he he can talk numbers with you. He's done some transactional real estate with Ernst & Young. He really left corporate career to go into uh, the corporate career to go into business and now he's a full-time multifamily investor and an operator. He's in a hundred million dollars worth of commercial real estate and real estate and assets under management. So there's 12 residential developments that he's into, as well as a, a multifamily development. We'll talk about that. And just an amazing individual. I was, I was referred to him by one of my good friends, Maureen Miles, and I understand they partner together. So I was like, man, I have to interview. So William, thanks for joining us, man. Thank you, Abel. That was a, a killer introduction. Yeah, I mean, you're well, you, you're the man. So <laughs> why don't you start off? Tell us, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are and, and what you're doing today. Yeah, so I uh, started working pretty early on uh, cutting grass and washing cars. Uh, so learn the value of hard work at a, an early age. And, and like you said, uh, I joke around, I'm a recovering accountant and CPA. And that's what I studied in school and, and did internships. Uh, came out of college and went to work in Ernst & Young in the transaction real estate group. And that really taught me a lot about the transactions process and got to work on some really large deals. Like when uh, MidAmerica purchased Post Properties in 2017, they, uh, they bought about 20,000 apartment units. And we uh, were a small consulting group that were helping them through that transaction from evaluation process and a due diligence process. So really uh, great learning opportunities with that group. And you know, around the same time was doing some coaching programs and, and getting uh, involved with some of the networking organizations that I'm sure some of your listeners are familiar with. Met some great people in those, uh, those organizations. And around 2018, 
or excuse me, 2017, March of 17, left the corporate, uh, corporate life and went out on my own to start my own real estate investment group and, and bounced around, struggled, hustled, you know, lived on some peanut butter and honey sandwiches for uh, a little <laughs> while to, uh, to make it work. Right. But, uh, you know, through that process and through that struggle, uh, again, met some amazing individuals that helped me, uh, along my path. And, uh, now I'm, I'm thankful to say that full-time into the multifamily apartment business. And we are, we're buying value add properties and we're building new properties and partnering with, uh, individuals along the way to, to get that done. Yeah. And that's awesome. And, and William is being pretty humble too, man, even in his younger career, you know, if you look, look him up on LinkedIn, he was a data analyst. He was a commercial real estate analyst for Ernst and Young, even just the name Ernst and Young, super hard to get into. And you kind of coming off college and kind of entering that area. And then he worked at Greystone for a little while too. You have a tremendous professional background that you left. And so I'm sure that was even like, I don't know, you tell me what was going through your mind as you said, you know what, I could have an amazing professional career because you had one and could continue to develop, but you you decided to leave it, for, you know, on your own. So tell us a little bit about that mindset, man. Yeah, it was great experience. And I, I don't think I'd be where I am today without some of the training and the knowledge that people and that company poured into me. So very thankful for that opportunity and to work with that group. But, you know, also, uh, it was a lot of high level institutional, you know, what I tell people is it was very forecast focused on that level, you know, joining some of the smaller groups was a, a great balance to that as well. And, and getting with individuals who are doing portfolios of single family homes in Chattanooga that, you know, they were buying for 40 K and, and putting 20 K into, and then all the way up to smaller multifamily syndicators and larger syndicators to, to see kind of the operation side of the business and what it takes you know, to run one of these things day one. But, you know, that transition was was tough. It was a hard decision. I, I definitely had doubts at times of I'm quitting something that's, you know, has great opportunity. But I think I have a family with a historic entrepreneur spirit, I think, not in real estate, but uh, in other businesses. And I was just at the point where I really wanted to go for it and, and try it. And I, uh, I was okay with failing and not being able to make my plan worked, but I needed to try, but it ultimately yeah. ended up working out for me. And my back was against the wall in many situations. Not that I'd advise it for everyone, but yeah. you know, sometimes that's motivating and, you know, just finding great relationships, educating yourself and, and taking action. You know, I think in anything you're, you're trying to do, if you do those three things consistently, you're going to, you're going to get some results. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you very much for sharing. And and like you said, some PB and J or what did what did you call it? A honey uh, and <laughs> peanut butter and honey. Yeah, peanut butter absolutely. and honey, you know, sandwiches. You're like you got yes. you got to do what you got to do sometimes. That's but, right. Mini dinners on the on the peanut butter honeys. <laughs> so that's great. And then obviously, like you said, led to a lot of success. A hundred million dollars in assets under management. That's a lot of real estate. Just <laughs> a lot of real yes. estate, brother. Absolutely, it was. It happened for a two year period. You know, in 2018. I was part of my larger multifamily, first larger multifamily purchase and it's 160 units in South of Georgia. And we were in that property close to 10 million, put about 3 million to CapEx over a five-year period. And, and after that, it's kind of law of the first deal. You know, we, we started hitting it off with a, a lot of brokers that we'd been building relationships with for the past two years and lenders and, and all these people with our network that we had 
established relationships with and had been working on, you know, once they see you close that first deal, you know, you're, you're automatically looked at in a a different way as a closer. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, you have those team members that propel and we started getting more opportunities from brokers and uh, yeah, 2019 was a huge year for us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's outstanding. The law of the first deal. So William, our guests, I think the listeners, we have a lot of probably passive investors have a 13-year tech sales background. So I think I have a lot of people that are listening, that are trying to learn more about real estate, it's passive. And then I've developed a lot of relationships with first-time, second-time, third-time general partners. So those guys know the law of the first deal. For the passive investors that are listening, man, it's so hard to get your first multifamily syndication deal done. Nobody believes you can close. Nobody gives you the time of day. You're trying to raise capital. You're trying to do all these things together. But once you get the first one done, it's like they come steamrolling right after one after another after another. And that's exactly what William was talking about. So that was really quick. You did that very fast. And so what are the biggest obstacles you had to overcome, the biggest hurdles, challenges, you know, from the first deal to where you are today? Yeah, I think it was just being persistent and, you know, organizing the team. I, this is a team sport. I don't do these deals by myself. This business doesn't get done by yourself. So I think surrounding yourself with the right people, and, and that takes time because if you're going to have good people around you, you need to offer and add value as well. And that, you know, comes through, you know, grinding and getting experience and educating yourself and, you know, organizing different people from a, an equity standpoint or a, an underwriting standpoint or a lending standpoint. So there's all different roles that go into these syndications and getting those done. And I think, you know, bringing the full package together, it's like a developer in, in real estate, you know, you're kind of the, you know, a manager or general in a way and, and trying to organize all these moving pieces. So getting all those pieces organized and the relationships developed, it takes time. If you're not willing to dedicate time to this, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen easily. Yeah. You you definitely have to make some sacrifices financially with your time, with your energy, with your focus, all of the multiple things. So, you know, let's dig in right there. What were some of those actions that you had to take or sacrifices you had to make so that you could have the success you're having today? Yeah. So working with uh, the transaction real estate group, I, I didn't have the time to dedicate to the business that I thought I did. I was getting coaching. I was going through a program where I, I was around people that were getting these deals done. I saw it on the institutional side. I saw it on the, you know, the more entrepreneurial boots on the ground side. And I had confidence that I could get it done. But you know, that time was something that if I was going to work and be successful in a corporate job, I didn't feel like I could commit enough time to really make this work. So, you know, number one was, you know, I had to quit that job and that's not the right move for everybody. I, I didn't have a lot of money. I wasn't well-funded. You know, I didn't come from a real estate family or have a ton of experience actually buying property, but, you know, I, I made that sacrifice and, you know, kind of took the mindset that I'd figure it out. And, hustled, educated myself and, and just pretty much dedicated every waking hour to trying to get a you know, multifamily property done. And, and I had some good education behind me, but you know, I didn't go in a straight path right to you know, 160 units built in 86 with uh, the partner that I'm working with now. You know, it looks more like an, an S, you know, a snake. You know, and I, and, <laughs> but each you know, major milestone was real estate focuses, you know, either single family 
portfolios in Chattanooga or a small 16 unit in Cleveland, Tennessee that I help some investors with um, to, you know, ultimately, you know, moving to Florida to work with a, a real estate group and, and really just uh, being persistent and dedicated to learning and to taking action. But I think time and it is a sacrifice. It probably happens easier for some people than it did me, but kind of working up to 2018 when I, I partnered with Maureen, you mentioned, who's awesome and uh, and very thankful to to work with her. You know, the culmination of energy and focus and, and uh, effort, I think, really came together in 18 when I had the opportunity to partner with someone who'd been in the business for three or four years before me. And I was able to add value. And uh, obviously, she was able to add value having been in the business. And, you know, that was a kind of like a gas and fire coming together in a way, or, you know. So um, I think relationships is huge in this business as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so, so everything you mentioned is so true The the time, the education, the sacrifice, the learning, taking action, networking with the right people. And, you know, just, you know, all through that, I hear faith in your ability to, to make it happen. Otherwise, I don't think you would have left that professional job at an amazing corporation <laughs> like E&Y. Like <laughs> so, well, thank you. You know, it's just, you know, that, take a bet. You take a bet. And you're a pretty young guy. Are you married with kids or is single in yourself? Not yet. No, I, I'll be 31 this year and no kids yet. No, okay. no wife yet. So I'm I don't looking, want to put you on the spot in case somebody's <laughs> <I'm not looking. laughs> listening. Yeah, okay. no, uh, not yet. You know, a lot of in sacrifice, you know, speaking of sacrifice, you know, definitely relationships, sacrifice, going out and partying and yeah. hanging out with the guys on the, on the weekends. You know, a lot of the time was spent working or, or deal hunting or, you know, just trying to figure out what step to take next. Yeah. Yeah. You, you got to do it. And I'm married. I have a two and a half and a one-year-old and when me and my wife were talking about this. It was, you know, the knee to knee, eye to eye discussion, hand in hand. And we're, we're talking about it. And I go, babe, I'm going to have to go like a lot of weekends, a lot of education, my nights, I'm going to have to like take classes. I, I did the same thing, mentor, coaching, education, ton of networking. And I'm like, that's going to go on for a long time. And she's like, I think, I think it's worth it. Right. So that was awesome. you know, what, what we were doing. So the sacrifice education, whether you're a single guy listening or married with kids and a full-time corporate job, both, you know, a lot of similarities here and which is pretty awesome though to hear a lot of successful so, people similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So important to have a, a supportive spouse in that situation. That's awesome. Cause I know a lot of that's not easy to do. So I think you're the real hero, Abel, with that, with kids and a wife and making it be able to happen. That's, that's more, more to juggle than I could say I have. Yeah, man, we're trying. Uh, you definitely, you definitely can't feed the family on peanut butter and honey. That's, <laughs> that's for sure. We're definitely working hard, man. And then God keeps blessing us. He makes a way somewhere. So that's good for us. Absolutely. Absolutely. So for all the things that you've done, right, you're on path, amazing trajectory. What's kind of like next for you guys or today, rather, what are you doing today that, you know, will keep going for the next few years? What's on, on the plate today? Yeah, you know, we're really enjoying the business and, and having fun with what we do. I think, you know, first and foremost, it's taking care of our existing investors and, and limited partners and making sure our investments are, are operating as expected. You know, second to that, we're looking for new opportunity to grow the company that that's kind of three segments. That's development and, and building from the ground up. Uh, that's, you know, value add and, and rehabilitation through construction with 
some of the older multifamilies and then property management and, and taking on third party uh, property management for other multifamily owners and operators. Yeah, that's awesome. Find new ones and build them. Well, take care of your investors first on the existing, then find new properties, develop them, your rehab, obviously for your, your value adds, and then the vertically integration vertically integrated property management. Yeah, there you go. You and Maureen have always been vertically integrated or did y'all use property managers in the beginning or how did that come to you? Do you starting your own? Yes. No, not, uh, hasn't always been in place, but property managers were used in the beginning. And I recommend, you know, if you're getting started and you're doing, you know, your first deal, you are probably going to be required by the bank to use a, a third party manager. But probably you should just to learn how they do things where you're not starting from scratch. But we ended up starting a, the management company through kind of pain of dealing with third party management. And we had some great third party managers. But at the end of the day, we just felt that it was best for us to start pouring time and effort into kind of building that platform. And just this past year in 2020, we partnered with an amazing woman who had started a company. She had 20 years experience with Amco, which was one of the largest multifamily real estate investment trusts in the country at one time, asset managed and property managed for a large portfolio of an owner out of Atlanta. And we've kind of taken you know, our approach and her systems and approach and team that was being dissolved and partnered. So we're excited about that and being able to offer those services to third-party clients and uh, operators that are are frustrated with the day-to-day noise that that seems to never end from property management through systems and, and integration and and leveraging a great team that that we partnered with. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. But you're also serving other clients at this point. So not just your own properties and your own property management, but other opportunities as well, correct? That's right. The CEO of Vicinia Living, Kimmer Holcomb, is is uh, is running the show with the property management company, and our properties are being handled by her as well. But we're partnered in the in the company, have invested in the company. But on a day to day, it's it's Kimmer and, and her team that are that are executing and have awesome experience, and we're bringing expertise and our experience as well. But have started taking on third party this year. Oh, that's great! You know, a lot of success to you guys, and just kind of keep coming. For those that are listening, what markets are y'all serving? Where do you want to focus on or where are you guys at? Yeah, today? awesome. Thanks for asking. Pretty much east of the, the kind of the Mississippi. We're not we're not in the western markets. Texas is included in, in that. And then southeast. So the Midwest, Southeast, Texas is our main focus. We're virtual asset management corporate team. We're able to onboard and, and really move into new markets quickly. All right. All right. Well, congrats on that, man. And that's awesome. So, you. you know, we've talked a lot about, you know, a lot of different subjects and topics. The couple that I think, you know, maybe our listeners are, are would love to hear about, and that's how to fund all these deals, right? Like <laughs> investors, how, how in the world do I do that? And then the second one would be the construction because you don't hear it a ton in the multifamily syndication world, or at least the, the people that I'm around today. So maybe we can dig into that a little bit. So starting with construction, what led you guys to do new development? And then maybe what are some of the the big differences between a normal syndication deal? Hello, hello. You're listening to the Five Talents Podcast. I'm your host, Abel Pacheco. 
If you're enjoying this podcast, then I know you're serious about achieving financial freedom. Are you ready to create your own path through multifamily investing for yourself and your family? Then I know you're going to appreciate our investor's guide to multifamily investing. It's titled Tackling Commercial Real Estate the Easy Way. We use this guide to invest ourselves in $93 million worth of real estate. So we're going to show you the basic mechanics of multifamily syndications and how to evaluate your next passive investment opportunity. So the best part, if you subscribe to our podcast now, leave us a review and a rating. I'm going to give you a free copy of our ebook. So please take a moment to do that now. Once you've done that, go to 5tcre.com forward slash ebook, 5tcre.com forward slash ebook. Make sure to let us know you left a review and we're going to send you a free copy. So thank you so much for subscribing to the Five Talents Podcast. We really appreciate it. So construction was one of the, you know, what I talked about, I didn't have a straight line getting to multifamily. Construction was, was one of those S. things. It was it in was that S, S, right? Yeah. So after I'd quit Ernst & Young, before I had partnered with Maureen, I, I was working with a group of guys that I'd gone to college with. That they had some construction background. That's when we were building the, the short-term rentals, uh, the HPRs in Nashville. Got about 12 of those done. And I uh, inserted myself as a project manager on one of those deals and was you know, being directed by the general contractor, but really learned a lot about construction and ultimately wasn't executing the construction, wasn't swinging the hammers, but I was coordinating all of the different trades. I was making payments, you know, arranging schedules, working with uh, the city on codes and, and getting permits requested and, and approved. So it was a really great learning experience for me during that time. And I would recommend, you know, people getting involved because if you're looking at value add and trying to, you know, execute on value add, construction is a huge component. And then the new development is uh, also an opportunity that we're seeing right now because of prices rising in the value add space and, you know, becoming more economical to build and more predictable to build. So I think we're just looking for new frontiers and, and trying to provide new and flexible opportunities for our investors. And we're seeing opportunity in new development and our, our building experience to get there and trying to take the right steps similar to how we did uh, in value add. Yeah. Yeah. That's so amazing. And you can, I've heard it a few times and I've said it a couple of times, which is a new development is the ultimate value add, right? You, yes, you start with right. dirt and you build it. Yeah. But yeah, but from construction and raising equity, I think you just got to, you know, get your stripes and you know, it's hard to be taught this in school. There's some real estate programs out there, but you really need to, get involved. And that doesn't mean you have to, you know, put on your boots and go onto a construction site, which I love to do. And it's awesome. But, uh, you know, you can learn in other ways and just being by being around the environment. And if you're really dedicated to making this business work, like you've got to figure out ways to get experience and do those things like, you know, being a project manager, that's, you know, basically an assistant to a general contractor for a new development house, yeah. you know, or getting involved in a, you know, a construction project and a, a rehab. So, yeah. And then, you know, with the raising equity piece, I think a lot of the relationships that we've built have been through conferences and networking organizations that bring these people together. And, you know, from there, I think it's just building trust. There's no secret sauce. You've got to communicate to uh, the right people what you're looking to do and build trust and, you know, commonality with those individuals that they trust you as a good steward of their hard-earned money. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. 
Agreed. And that takes time, you know, it, it takes time to, to find those people, meet those people and build that trust. Yeah. Agreed. And then the deals are different. The payouts, the distributions, the length of time. There's not yeah. exactly cash flow from the beginning. It's uh, we'll talk to you about cash flow in a couple of years once it's built, right? So tell us about right. a little I'm bit about the side. Yeah, tell us a little bit about you know or what you can share, what you feel comfortable sharing about some of the distribution kind of uh, you know kind of sure. models you guys have. Yeah. So first off, you know, I'm proud to say that we didn't pause any distributions going through the pandemic that we're still weathering through. Uh, some operators forego distributions to build up reserves or to do what they needed to do, but we were able to to continue with our distributions as planned and, and haven't missed a distribution ever to date. But we have flexible deals, and that's one of the things that is really interesting about the business and how you structure equity. The debt's more fixed, the agency side, but how you structure the equity component. We try and model and uh, meet our investors' needs. Some investors are looking for more of a short-term investment where they can get their capital back in two to three years. And then there's some investors we work with that are, are more long-term and that's they are expecting to have their capital in for five years. So the distributions are going to look different between those two models that we cater to. And you know, also the, the returns and the, the risk. We try and meet investors' needs and find deals for two different buckets. Yeah. And so that makes perfect sense. And I appreciate the answer. Maybe miscommunicated in my question too. What I was asking about was the construction specific. So you have like, but it's okay because that's good. You know, everybody wants to know. Nice to know you guys keep hitting it. Yeah. You're spending money on construction. There's not a lot of liquidity (laughs) to pay cash flow and distributions like some investors are expecting, but you know, there's typically larger pops on the back end. So I guess it's, finding investors that value kind of capital gains and tax advantages more than that, that cash flow. Yeah. Cause all the money's going out in year one. Right. Year two, exactly. And, you know, yeah. If you don't understand uh, you know, how to execute and obviously there's risk involved, it can get messy, but if done correctly, it can be extremely advantageous from a tax standpoint. If, if you need you know, taxable deductions and then capital gains, it's some of the lowest you know, taxable earnings uh, that you can get. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's awesome. All of this has been amazing to, to talk about. So I really appreciate you, you know, your time, William. And when you raise capital or let, you know, maybe kind of steer this way now in the direction of like, where do you find all the money for these deals? Right. And I know our new general partners, new individuals that are kind of just raising capital for the first deal or the second deal. And, you know, everyone's trying to to find more. And then our investors that are probably listening are, you know, thinking like, how do we do that? I'm a $50,000 investor. Where do they get millions and millions of dollars? So how does it all come together where you guys continue to raise capital for these deals? And, you know, maybe just give us a broad stroke understanding of it. Yeah. I think you got to start where you are and, you know, obviously you want to attack larger deals and that's the end goal. But, you know, if you're not, capable of going out and getting $50,000 from one investor, then, you know, raising 5 million might be a little more than you can bite off right now. So I would say, you know, start with where you are and and get deals done where you can and be successful with those investors. And, you know, that's going to lead to more investors. And, And that's what I did in the beginning with some of the single family homes that we developed with the team. 
I was raising money from investors and partnering with you know the GC and the the friend that I had in school and and bringing those those two together to get deals done that built credibility and then the networking and, and meeting individuals and, and partnering with the right individuals. I still don't raise the majority of the equity that we put forth and put to work in our deals, but finding people that have been in the business longer or that are more focused on just the equity component. You know, we meet a lot of people that think they want to get into the operation side of the business and they find out that it's more work and more effort than what they really want to, to get themselves into and, and become limited partners. So you know, there's just, I think it's one of the, that's one of the toughest parts of the business is, uh, is finding those partners and, and building the trust in individuals that know you will protect their capital. And I think you don't build that trust without communicating that you've done deals, you've been in the trenches, you're willing to sleep on the leasing office couch, you know, to make that deal work if you need to. And that just takes time and you got to find the right people, be in the right circles. And I'm still working on that myself. And, would like to be able to raise more capital as time goes on. And, and luckily I've, I've been surrounded with some great people that, you know, between all of us, we've been able to fund the deals that we've done. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That partners are so key. But I can't um, take me yeah, a full credit for the equity raise that we've done, but uh, yeah, partnering relationships. Yep. A hundred percent. Right. What I heard, if I could summarize and, and hopefully you can agree with what I think I heard, right. Which is you are getting around the people and that can invest in your deals. You're by starting where you're at today and your comfort level and your expertise, and then you kind of build on that. And that's how you do that as as an individual. They're gonna you establish trust with them, and they'll keep investing with you. And then to get bigger deals, you're trying to find you know great partners because it is a team sport. It's not just you as an individual. You're partnering with other individuals, and they may have longer, you know, tenure expertise, which probably means more success and more investors w- willing to rock and roll. And then you guys, how do I partner with like individuals and all come together and, and then you kind of keep going from there. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, that's great, man. That's a, a, all good nuggets. So at this point, you know, we've really went around the horn, a lot of different topics in a short amount of time. One thing I didn't ask about that I do want to talk about so looking at your background, you spent some time at Vector Marketing and Cutco. Yes, yes sir. <laughs> <laughs> For those that know me kind of personally or heard me my story long enough, I, I sold knives. We did them through in-home presentations. And I did that for about five or six years. And I was a college kid, you know, slanging blades and paid for my education. I was a pretty sharp salesman. And my fr- <laughs> my friends would joke around and meet all the time. Oh, the knife guy, right? But it built or provided a really great foundation or platform for a lot of my successes. So William, we had some time at Vector Marketing Cutco, man, I got to dig into this. Tell me about your experience. I'm so glad you brought it up. Yeah. We had, we had a good laugh before about it, but you know, what you just said, you know, the experience and uh, some of the skills that I took from Vector Marketing were, were awesome and really helped me where I am today and get to where I am today. I didn't have a lot of sales experience or was never really a sales guy growing up, but that was one of my first sales roles. I did it for about 12 months. It was uh, a side hustle kind of thing on top of another job I was working, but you know, it was character building, you know, it got me out of my comfort zone. I, I was cold calling. I was learning to deal with customers that, you know, they teach you to overcome objections. So 
Yeah. Not that, um, you know, I had a, a dream or, you know, wanted to be the largest knife salesman or really even imagine myself as a salesman, but the skills that I learned there carried me far and beyond what I ever expected. So it was a great experience and awesome that I think you were a killer at it and really grew a business out of it and made it into more of an entrepreneurial effort. But the knowledge I got from the sales skills was, was awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Good what to city did stories. you? Yeah, absolutely. What city did you work out of? I was in Nashville. Okay. Do you remember your, you know, district manager's name? Yeah, manager? Andrew Smalls was. He wasn't the the head chief at, at my yeah. uh, office, but kind of the guy right below him, and was uh, was assistant an, manager. Or yeah, very manager. yeah, very awesome sales guy. I learned a lot from Andrew, but yeah, it was good. It was one of my few sales, like true sales roles. And it opened my eyes to a lot of things. I've read some sales books since then. And uh, yeah, it was a great experience. I would yeah. uh, highly recommend people that are you know younger than going into college or high school, like yeah. get a sales job, get some of that experience in, in dealing with people. And it was great for me. Yeah. Being there for the time that you were, most people are in and out in like under two months. I mean, like really quickly. And so the time that you spent there was how old were you when you started? I want to say I was probably 19 ish, like 20. I mean, I think I was just getting out of high school, just starting kind of college days. Yeah. What a great product. You know, they got the scissors that'll cut through the penny, you know, replace (laughs) pretty much anything. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. I love it, that you have that experience and started uh, and managed your own office with it. Yeah, it was fun. We end up working with a lot of, you know, 18 to 20 something year old, you know, young kids through college, through high school. Really, when William says sales role, it's definitely not a, you know, I'm working at the mall behind the counter type of job. It is no. a pick up the phone, call somebody, set an appointment, prospect, go out to yes. their house, <laughs> prospect, cold calling, introduce yourself, and then and character then manage building. your own time. Man, it's it's manage your absolutely, own. Yeah, absolutely. Ca- character building was no, you know, I'm not going to let you into my house with some knives. <laughs> I don't know you. And then you know the the time management. You know how motivated you have to be to kind of like light your own fire. And then go deliver because if you don't do it, then you're not going to eat that week, right? It's, and then 100% commission too. So <laughs> absolutely similar in real estate. You know, when you're first getting started, there's not a lot of money coming in, and you know you've got to have that faith, putting in the time and the effort, and prospecting all those different people that you know ultimately that payday is going to come. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, good man. Well, so if our listeners, our network wants to get closer to you, wants to be in in your world, you know, wants to reach out, what's the best place for them to reach out to you? Our website at www.4mrei.com is a great place to, to get in touch with me through email. And then I'm on social media as well at, at Will Walker underscore three at, at Instagram. All right. And I'm sure that you'd be happy to either spend some time with them or you probably have some content, some education, something in, the, yeah, in those areas, absolutely. Right? I got a lot of help getting going in this business and I enjoy trying to help and guide where I can as well. Yeah, Absolutely. And is there anything we didn't talk about, anything we didn't hit on today that you're hoping I asked or, you know, just anything you want to share, man, time is yours. I don't think so, Abel. I uh, really appreciate you having me on, on your platform. I have a, had a killer time talking real estate with you, shared stories uh, yeah. about uh, old sales training days and, uh, and ultimately what it takes to be successful in this business. I wish you luck in your pursuits and thank you. All right, brother. Thank you very much, Mr. William Walker. What a great time, man. Thank you very much. 
My name is Abel Pacheco. I'm your host for the Five Talents Podcast. And if you learned something today, go to our podcast, leave us a review, put a five-star rating, put a note for William if you learned more than a few nuggets. And if you didn't catch it, hit the rewind button, grab a notepad and a pen. There's definitely more than a few in this show. So we just appreciate your time. And thank you very much. Abel Pacheco, the Five Talents Podcast. William, you're the man. All right, Abel. Thank you. All right, brother. Talk soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Five Talents Podcast with your host, myself, Abel Pacheco. Each week, we're going to bring you interviews from industry experts and commercial real estate investors who follow their dreams and achieve massive success. Before you leave, let me ask you a few questions. Did you enjoy this episode? Did you learn something valuable? Was your mind stretched to what's possible and what you can achieve? Do you want other experts just like the one you heard today? If you answered yes to any or all of those questions, then please take a moment to subscribe to the Five Talents Podcast. Give us a five-star rating. And most importantly, leave us a written review. Tell us what you liked. Tell us your favorite guests. Give us any feedback. I'm excited to learn and improve so you can get a more valuable show. So thank you again for subscribing to the Five Talents Podcast.